When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. The word is deadlocked. The Baseball Insiders starts right now. So, Robert Murray, we are making a declaration, by the way, today, March the 7th, 2022, on the Baseball Insiders. It's not a fully, there's no way that we go back on this declaration, but we're going to do our very best to not talk lockout and tell you interesting baseball, amazing stories on all episodes after this particular episode, because we will discuss deadlocked. But since the owners and the players are going deadlocked, we are going to officially deadlock any conversation about this after today. How do you feel about that, Bert? How are you feeling? Good to see you, buddy. Hey, good to see you too. But all I got to say about that, Carm, is holla frickin' luya. It's about damn time. I'm, I'm yeah. sick of the lockout talk. Yeah, we're going interesting baseball stories. You may relive some of the great uh, World Series. We might do some interesting free agent stuff. We might tell interesting, we will tell interesting Robert Murray insider conversations. So that's the plan. But today... We are going to do our best to solve the lockout for the owners and the players who can't seem to solve it for themselves. So, uh, Bert, you can be – honestly, you can be either side. Would you like to pick a side? You can be the players, you can be the owners, or we can just do this together. But I was thinking maybe you would just take a side and I'll take a side. Yeah, I'll take the players' side, but I think this is going to end up being easier than uh, than what oh. both sides are making it out to be. Yeah, me. no – we're, we're going to get it done. That, that, yeah. that, that's the plan. What, what's your read on deadlocked and guys like Carl Ravitch, who's not Mr. Hot Take guy, saying that we actually could lose the entire season, which yeah. definitely scared some people seeing a guy like Carl Ravitch tweet that. Yeah, when Ravitch tweeted that, um, it made me think to, to his previous reporting on other CBA issues, and he is very tied in. Um, especially on the commissioner's office side. So when he says that, you got to listen. Do I think we're not going to have a baseball season in 2022? No. Um, But is the possibility increased? Yes. And that is terrifying. And that is an absolute worst case scenario for all sides involved here. Oh, without a doubt. So here is the tweet, just to put it out there for those who have missed it in baseball insider land. It is becoming increasingly apparent that we may not have a major league season in 2022 at Kyle Ravitch ESPN. Both sides believe 
keyword there, believe they have made significant concessions to the other each side points at the other as having not done nearly enough as has been reported. The word of the day is deadlock. Uh, so Bert, in your mind, any chance, Hey Carl, please tweet this. So we'll get movement from the players. Do you think he's getting pushed to do this by or vice versa? The other side, do you think there's any chance that Ravitch is, uh, being cajoled by powerful people to get on there and do what you can to move this forward? I think there is a reason something like that gets out. Um, and we've seen the, we've seen MLB try to use the, the media to, relay a message and try to get the players to panic and the players have seen right through that so far. This one is a little bit scarier because the threat of no season is just, it's just not what any side wants. Um, I, I think a no season would impact the owners more than the players, but um, there's, there's gotta be some sort of um, motive behind that getting out. You would think. Yeah, I don't think he did that in a vacuum. Like, I'm just sitting on my couch and I'm going to tweet this. There had to have been some conversations. So what those conversations were, clearly I have no idea and I'm not going to guess at it. But no, very interesting that 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 got out there. And we can look at history because history does tend to repeat itself. And if you go back to 1994, how old were you in 94? Uh, Negative two. You were negative two, right? I was alive and I lived it and... They went, uh, the lockout happens in August, and you think there is absolutely no way that they're not going to figure this out and and we're going to miss the World Series. But they didn't figure it out, and we missed the World Series. And so it's been that long, 94, 27-plus years until today. Uh, But you've got sides that are digging in now. Let's look at what's going on here. Mm-hmm. The Players Association, have, have their, they've dropped their proposed starting point for the pre-arbitration bonus pool to $80 million, down from 85 That was supposedly a big deal. Can you remind everybody uh, what the pre-arbitration bonus pool is for the three people that are listening that care about that, Bert? Can you break down a pre-arbitration bonus pool? Yeah, I'm not even somebody who pays much attention to that at all, for being honest. Like, it's it's that in, it's that insignificant to basically everybody outside of who is actually involved with it. But right, so it's the best young players in baseball. We're putting money in a in a pool for them to get paid earlier. That's how I understand it. Basically, so, yeah, and 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 with arbitration and everything, it's players. They obviously they have to figure out a way to solve the arbitration issue. Um, they've tried to figure out a different way of being paid through it. I know we've discussed previously um, MLB wanted to use like the fan graphs war and everything. Um, that's not going to be the solution, but players want to be paid sooner, which is going to mean less salary arbitration, which I don't think either side would be. I think the players would be okay with that because I've heard like stories um, for years now of how arbitration impacts relationships with the team and the player. I think Josh Hader is a perfect example of that. Um, the Brewers crushed Hader in that meeting. Um, the full details of that have not gotten released. Like, I'm shocked they haven't got out. Um, but that one significantly um, frayed that relationship. And I don't know if it's still 
recovered from it. Um, I'm sure it's gotten better, but there was a lot of talk last season about that, um, about that relationship still having some work to do here. Well, I mean, let's go back to the fan side of this. Yeah. If, if, if you cut off arbitration years, that means that players are going to get to free agency earlier, which mm-hmm. means that teams like Milwaukee mm-hmm. or any small market team that you want to name or big market team that's overspent and just doesn't know how to manage their money, they will lose players earlier. So mm-hmm. you instead of having whoever you want to name, Eric Hosmer in Kansas City, Mike Moustakis, Chris Bryant, Javi, instead of having him for six, seven years, you yep. might have him for three years, mm-hmm. which in my mind sucks for the fan. So, totally. so that, that, uh, and and the players' contention that they should get paid earlier mm-hmm. is correct. If you if you're a dynamic player, winning Rookie of the Year awards, winning MVPs, um, or just being a major contributor, you shouldn't have to wait till you're 30 years old when your skills diminish and or you get injured. Uh, mm-hmm. You you may still be the same player at that point, but most likely you won't be. Um, no. And, and, and to go off of that point, like there's not many players who actually get to that point either. Like the, the expectancy of a player's career is not that long. So when you're in the game, maximize your worth. I mean, I think that's the goal of every person in the world, but especially like when these athletes are the ones trying to earn their paycheck here. Yeah. And so that one, not great for the fan, but there is some stuff that's being floated out here that I think is good for the fan. Now our, our, uh, our producer slash leader slash uh, dominator uh, check out fan site at TikTok, especially uh, Sean Daly is asking us, would no MLB season boost major league uh, minor league, excuse me, would, would no MLB season boost minor league popularity slash sales? Could that be a silver lining? Uh, well, I do think that people will go see their baseball somewhere mm-hmm. uh, like, could college baseball get a boost? Uh, yes, I think it would. Would the minor leagues get a boost? Yes, it would. Now, would that, you know, even remotely offset the anger to the game that will happen if, if uh, they really didn't play the season? Uh, you know, clearly not. You're, you're not, you're not, uh, oh, yeah, sweet. We'll make this exchange, and that's, that's good for the game. That, that wouldn't be the case. But I think, I think sure. I do think that some people will be like, well, screw you. I'll just go see the whatever independent league team is around you and or the minor league. I think that's entirely a possibility. Are you planning on going to any college baseball games out there, Bert? Is there any college baseball games around you? Yeah, there's baseball everywhere, and I plan on attending it as much as I can. Um, so you'll see me at minor league games. You'll see me at AFL games. You'll see me at all sorts of different ones. So I'll be one of them. I won't, well, I won't be boosting the sale because I'll be credentialed and everything, but – um, I'm, I'm sure you're going to end up seeing more people in the crowds because if there's no major leagues, there's going to be a, a boost in other places. That's, that's only going to end up helping it, I think. Yeah. And, but also a reminder that people have lots of choices in their lives. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I keep on seeing, I was supposed to be going to spring training right now. I, this business trip, I was going to go see a game and I am not doing that anymore. Oh, well, like, so, and, and on to the next thing. And no, yeah, no bueno para baseball. Go ahead. Yeah. Like I've like people out here when I've gone out to dinner or just like gone for a walk and 
you just start shooting the breeze with people, you end up talking to, and they're like, yeah, I'm down here for what was supposed to be spring training and there's no baseball. I'm still here trying to do whatever. And it's just like the amount of conversations I've had like that, Carm, I've been more than a dozen. Um, and yeah, like they're legitimately bummed about it. And I mean, when you try to explain um, the CBA issues and, and all that, I've noticed there's one common theme. People don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly, which is why we're going to tell baseball stories after this podcast. Bingo, because no one cares. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, and it's just it's just exhausting. Yeah. The other part about that is, and and I'm stating the obvious here, and which is also uh, the reason why we're not going to be doing this much more. But look, people make summer plans. I'm going to go to Fenway in in June to see my cousin and and see the Red Sox play. People are, you know. This summer, I'm not doing that. I don't know if they'll be playing or not, so I'm going to go on uh, whatever. I'm going to go to visit my long locks aunt in, in Idaho where there is no baseball because that's good potatoes, uh, there. Good potatoes outstanding scenery, a lot, yep. of, lot of incredibly wealthy people living in Idaho these days. I, I, I hear <laughs> it's a hot spot. True story. Um, well, I did not know that. No, yeah, they're, they're, they all, they're all, uh, Hunter can probably confirm that, but uh, a lot of the West Coasters, like the, the cool hips thing to do is to get some mansion in Idaho and, and hang out there in the summertime. But here, let, let's, let's go back on, the, uh, on the, the playing field, so to speak here. Yep. Um, this from The Athletic, the biggest move in Sunday's proposal from the players to the owners appeared to be outside of core economics. The players agreed contingent on other things. This is where we're getting to um, good possibilities here to an element. The league was seeking regarding on field rule changes, the ability for the commissioner to put in a pitch clock, larger bases or restrictions on the shift as early as the 2023 season. So they're giving them instead of one year, they're giving them 45 days to implement changes unilaterally. So let's just look at those changes. Number yep. one, pitch clock. Good for baseball, good for fans. I, I, let's go. Yep. Faster th- pitchers need to keep the game moving. I think everybody's on board with that. Now, uh, larger bases. So you're, they're trying to get stealing back in the game, more movement. And they also want to, there's, they want the step-off rule too. So you can't, so left-handed pitchers can't just do a snap throw when they're, when their foot's on the rubber. So they're trying to create, incentivize the game that you saw more so in the eighties when, when Vince Coleman was running crazy and, um, and it was awesome, terrifying if you didn't have one of those players, but they want stealing back in the game. I think this is good for the fans. And, uh, the last one being restrictions on the shift which guys like Trevor Bauer are, are complaining about, but to, I, that dude should stay in his lane right now. Uh, secondly, uh, that's what fans want too. Ground ball up the middle should be a base hit. It shouldn't be a, you know, that's at least how people want to watch the game. Yeah. And like, so I'm going to start off with the bigger base. I don't know if Rosenthal ended up writing how much bigger the base would be, but that would impact how teams ended up building their roster. So let's say, like the Kansas City Royals are an example here. When they had Terrence Gore on their roster, to have him purposely just his sole purpose was to steal bases. Um, a guy like him, a guy like Billy Hamilton, becomes a lot more valuable to a team. Um, so I'm curious how these contending teams, like the Dodgers or whoever else, um, would end up going about that and maybe trying to change up the 25th man on the roster. Um, 
And I'm sure that's something that these teams are going to end up talking about behind the scenes. Um, and then the shift, I'm in total agreement with you um, that we're, the shift needs to be changed. I don't know if it needs to be completely eliminated, um, but you're going to end up seeing some teams. I can definitely say the Brewers are going to be one of them because they're one of the most shift heavy teams in the league. Um, and they, you see their analytics people crunching numbers 24 seven behind the scenes there. Um, so I'm sure they're going to end up throwing a fuss about it, but it's only a matter of time because the league has been pushing for that pretty hard. They want more offense in the game because they think that's going to lead to more fans. And um, eventually I think they're going to end up getting their way. Yeah. And it's, it's a little confusing. Like what, how are you going to do it? You're going to say that the shortstop can't line up to the left of second base or second baseman can't line up to the right of second. So what's the line? How far, how far up the middle can they be? Uh, You know, it, you're, you're, it's just going to be a challenge to create exactly what they want to do, but you might as I don't them them taking a swing at it. I I, I have no problem with that. I think it's I, I'd rather see the way the game was back then. But I also like it's amazing to me that hitters have not adjusted that the focus on analytics and hitting home runs yeah. and getting paid because you can do that is so enormous that rather than you know, trying to take the ball the other way and, t- and take your single or even just dropping a bump down and, and walking to first base. We haven't seen it. Guys don't, guys don't do it. So yeah. you can't tell me that the most talented people in the history of uh, the world right now who are good enough to make it to the major leagues can't hit the ball the other way. You're ask, I, I understand that's a, it, it maybe would take a second to get that skill set down, but I got to believe that these guys would be capable of doing it. Yeah. And see, that's what I thought too. And I would, I would just be really confused why these guys aren't doing it more. And then you talk to people and then you also hear Freddie Freeman talk about it, like how difficult it is actually hitting the ball the other way. That's a skill that not many of these players have. And can you imagine, like, let's put us in the batter's box. For example, we have a 98 mile an hour two seam fastball coming at us and we're trying to end up hitting it the other way, or we're trying to make contact first of all, which, I feel pretty comfortable saying that's not going to happen. Um, but trying to also poke the ball the other way, I just don't see that. Like, I mean, obviously there are some people who can do it. Freeman is probably the best in the league at it, but that, that's a skill that even for a major leaguer is, like, is very difficult. Uh, that I, I, yeah, I'm kind of with you, but mostly not. Like, I'm not saying that everybody can do it. Yeah. The dude who, who, who rips who always pulls the ball and, and hits moon shots and hits 220 but hits 40 bombs, that yeah. old school guy, okay, fine. He's not going to go the other way. But there's a lot of dudes out there who should be able to get that skill set down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for whatever reason, it just hasn't happened. So I'd like the baseball artificially say, okay, no more shifts because guys haven't adjusted. Um, I don't know. They're, they're, it, it's it just seems like that's not necessarily going to solve things the way a lot of people want with just requesting more balls in play. Um, you know, there's such a focus right now on velocity and uh, I, I, if you're going to, if you're going to take away the minor leagues and we're just going to evaluate who can throw the hardest and who's, you know, who's, you know, throwing with a weighted ball so they can get it up there at 98 miles an hour. And yeah, we're just going to, 
we're, our starters are going to go five innings and we're going to go to these guys. And if they, if they, if they blow out, then they blow out and then we'll just bring in the next guy who could throw really hard for however long his career lasts. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that does not make the, that does not help the product. All right, let's talk strictly about the money bird. The players yeah. did not change the proposals on minimum salaries or the, uh, the CBT thresholds, the, the what is it, the, the, whatever, the, the, the tax at the top. No. Um, the union's CBT proposal starts at $238 million. Um, baseball was at $220 million. This is where we can start to solve this for you. Yeah. Um, okay, so the, the, oh. the, owners, the owners want to say at 220 and they want severe penalties for anybody going over. Mm-hmm. And the and the players wanted a two thirty eight, and they want less penalties because they don't want salaries to be uh, artificially deflated. Yeah. So eighteen million dollars in the grand scheme of things seems like nothing to me. Why can't you just split this and whatever else? I mean, that seems basic. But what what do you got on this part of what's going on? Yeah, so I'll offer a solution. I mean, this it's not going to be covering all the issues, but it's going to be like it's going to loosely cover all the issues. And I've heard this solution from a few different people in the league that the owners are claiming that their present day revenue or present day revenues are in trouble. So here's what the players should offer in return is lower thresholds for at least the first two years, maybe even three in this new CBA for the CBT and then have higher thresholds later on. So the owners benefit in the present while the players end up benefiting in the long haul. I don't know if that's actually been discussed, but that's something that uh, a lot of people, or at least the people I've talked to throughout the league, believe should be something that both sides do. And and I know Jeff Passan ended up writing this the other day, and he was freaking spot on about it, is these two sides need to actually like listen to each other, not get into a public pissing match, and like actually have meaningful conversations because what they're not doing is they're not listening to each other. Both sides are outlining exactly what they want in a deal. Um, and yet both sides are claiming that the other is not willing to negotiate. Uh, they're not willing to like say what they actually want. And it's frustrating. Um, it's costing us at least the first six games of the regular season now. Um, and we're going to end up having games canceled later on this week. And it was all avoidable um, and they just need to listen to each other and realize that there's going to be concessions that need to be made on both sides here. Listening is key. I'm with passing. And I think what needs to happen here along that, along those lines, yeah. you need somebody from the player side who's reasonable yeah. and you need somebody from the ownership side who's reasonable, i.e. not Rob Manfred. And those two, should go off into a room. This is what happened in 94 yep. um, or maybe 92 this is, uh, when, when Faye Vincent was commissioner and he was on, uh, he was on uh, the radio here on the score over the weekend. I'm listening to, and Faye was not popular, but he was like the last commissioner that was not completely just bought and sold by ownership. So it's very hard to have somebody in that role because you the players aren't think that you're aligned with the owners and the owners, if you're not doing enough for them, they're going to want to fire you. So it's like, th- that's why you ended up with Bud Selig and owner being the commissioner of baseball. Yep. But 
the point is that what happened there is you had someone from the player side and someone from the owner side, both who were middle grounders. They went off into their private room, had their discussion, settled it all, came out and said, okay, guys, we have an agreement, which we think is fair. And that's how it got done. Yeah. And I, I, as you say that, Carm, I've been trying to brainstorm who on both sides that could actually be where it's going to be a civil conversation where they have actually like meaningful discussions and might make progress. I'm coming up empty. Um, it's you, you, you nah. wouldn't, you, you wouldn't have heard who it was back then though, Bert. there, there, it, it doesn't, True. these, these people exist somewhere. I believe it. Um, I mean, it could be, you know, I appreciate your optimism. Well, I, I'm not, uh, overly optimistic that this is happening anytime soon, but I, I am optimistic that those people, there are reasonable people on both sides out there that could get it done. You mm-hmm. just have to empower those people. Um, yeah. Um, end of the day. It is. And John Heyman just tweeted this and he said, both sides believe they made major concessions and the other side has made very few. Both sides believe the other is being unreasonable and that the only thing that they can agree on right now is that we might be in for quite a wait. Um, That he's right. And I said it at the beginning of this, I'll say it again, probably looking at June start to the regular season. If there is indeed a regular season, which I cannot believe I'm actually saying those words, but Carl Ravage put that into my head. Bert. We are going to have some amazing podcasts coming up talking about fantastic baseball stories, which means that uh, I hate to break this to you, but you're going to have to spend a lot more time with me just talking about what baseball stories we're going to have to hang out in because we're <laughs> shit. Oh my God, Carl. I, that's, you think that's bad news? That's like making my day. I love that. Uh, there we go. Yeah. We're, me and Bert are going to do we're, We are upping our. We are going to up our behind-the-scenes time to bring you some cool-ass stories because baseball's given us nothing right now. So we're no. going to create we're going to create it for you in the history of the game. Damn it, and it's going to be interesting because this shit is just not interesting. I'll I'll leave you with with this one today, Bert. The union believes, uh, the union rather, uh, which believes teams sometimes treat the first threshold threshold as a de facto salary cap. This is another little piece from the Athletic. Has asked for increases from 238 million to 263 million over the five-year life deal. Now, what you said, here's the concession. Yep. Hey, hey, owners, you want 220 million? That's cool. We'll give you 220. We'll give you 220. Mm-hmm. We'll give you 222. We'll give you 224. In year four, we're going to 250. And in year five, we're going to 260. That's the deal. You guys can keep that. We're going to keep it exactly where you want. You can recoup some of the losses that we've had from this lockout that you imposed, by the way, but we're going to let you recoup some of those losses and from the pandemic three years. And then you can plan for the the new strategy for three years, but then it's getting boosted up. I love that idea. I think you just made, I'm with you, buddy. Wow. And I actually got you to agree with me on something, Carm. And I'll tell so I like the direction you're heading in throughout that entire proposal there. I think the players probably start off at 250 and maybe and they're going to definitely go higher after that. I bet you that gets negotiated down like something in the mid, mid two forties. 
And then probably in the low 250s or mid 250s after that. Okay, fine. 220, 222, 224, 240, 250. Great. Something like that. Yeah. But like that direction right there, I think we're, I think we're onto something there. I would, yeah. Actually, what we should do right now is call Mr. Rob Manfred and tell him, like, hey, we got this for you. Yeah. Players should absolutely, if they're doing what they say they're doing, which is like guys like Anthony Rizzo tweeting out, this is for you. He's talking to the young players who are not thinking about this at all. They're only thinking about, can I somehow, some way, how the hell do I get to the majors? But that's fine. I get it. You're, you're looking forward. You're looking forward for the people coming after you. Good job, Anthony Rizzo. Good job players. Um, But you, you, you play the long game. You, you just, that's what you do. Play the long game. Get as much as you can within this particular deal. Get it as close as, as what you want. Don't worry about getting it in year one. Worry about getting it by year five. That that's that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good advice, Bert. I like it. All right, you wanted to do one free agent that you're most excited about for our one baseball topic of the day. So <laughs> hit me, hit me, buddy. So okay, first off, I want to say I'm not going to go with like the Carlos Correa's or the Kyle Schwarbers or anybody like that. I'm going to go under the radar guy who I think is going to have an absolutely berserk market. Um, wow. So I was tempted to go with Joe Kelly, but my guess is he respond early. Like he ends up resigning with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, that interest there is definitely mutual. And I think the other team that would be most in on him, the St. Louis Cardinals are going to end up being priced out. Cause I bet you he gets two years with an option for a third. Um, so I'm going to go with somebody you're actually pretty familiar with, and that's Ryan Tapera. Um, this is, so I wouldn't use the word most excited. I think like one free agent that I'm going to really like monitor, um, closely, um, his market from what I gather is going to be nuts. Um, he's probably going to be the most coveted reliever by all these teams that are not targeting Kenley Jensen. Um, and I bet you two years with the shot for three is going to end up being what he gets for a pretty lucrative sum. I guess six to seven million a year. Uh, I'm sure that's not what you expected when I um, texted you this topic earlier today, but like the buzz is there for him to get a pretty large deal. And if we're going to get another one that's yeah. like under the radar, Tommy Pham. Um, Padres love him. I know AJ Preller is a huge fan. Um, I think I believe he's fully healthy now. So, yeah, those are going to be two that I watch pretty closely here. How about you, Karen? What do you got? So I'm going to go back in time when a young Carm, who wasn't actually that young at the time, but uh, I was working in Kansas City as the Royals were starting to make their come up. All right. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys that was super enjoyable was a lefty by the name of Danny Duffy. Ooh. All right. Now, Danny Duffy is actually perhaps benefiting from this lockout because second elbow reconstruction um, and he's coming back. Tommy Johnson has passed all that. He's got a, He's on a throwing program. He's going to be ready in June. I'm rooting for him. Someone. That's is going to take a flyer on Danny Duffy, and I hope that they get paid off in a brilliant way because that dude's a good dude. Yes, so he is. maybe and that's 
Go ahead. So from what I gather, that's we're probably looking at a two-year deal for him, where it's going to end up being he pitches half the year with one team, um, well, with the same team, and then he ends up having a full year after that. So, um, yeah, my guess is we're looking at a two-year deal for Danny Duffy, and we, we've seen the Dodgers do that in the past too. Um, they did it last year with um, – was a reliever. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head, but they have a history of doing that. And there's these other teams that like are able to spend more than others that are capable of doing that. So um, I bet you we'll see Duffy end up with a, a contending team here. Makes me also wonder about a guy like Carlos Rodon, who's had shoulder stuff and uh, barely finished the season last year, but yet had a great year at the start of the year when he was healthy. Does this perhaps make him more interesting on a one-year deal because the season's not as long uh, if you want to think outside the box and what he'll be able to do, this could, yeah. couldn't do it for 160, but he might be able to do it for 110 if we, you know, start play June one or whatever. So, yeah. cause I uh, thought he would be a great fit for the Mets. Cause I, I they could use a left-handed starting pitcher. Um, but I don't think they're going to go in that direction. I would look at a guy like um, Kikuchi from the Mariners as somebody who they can target. Maybe, I saw John Heyman report uh, before the lockout. They had multiple three-year offers. I don't know if any of them came from the Mets, but um, I could definitely see them being in that Kikuchi. That's that's one that a lot of people behind the scenes have been talking about. You just got me excited about actual baseball talk, by the way. I'm enjoying Let's let go, baby. That's what I was hoping for, Carm. A, a little, a little free not, yeah, I want to know where Carlos Correa is going. What do you got on Chris Bryant? Where's Nick Castellanos going to be? Tell me about Schwarber. Where's my guy Jorge Soler? Give me a Clayton Kershaw. So and much next week on the Baseball Insiders for the answer. Oh, how's that for a tease? Oh, there it is. There it is. All right, come back next week, Bert. Uh, we sort of, I think we gave we gave one major proposal on the podcast this uh, today that should help move things along. Uh, players look for the long term, eat it on the first couple of years, and then get something in the back end to make you feel like you did some good work uh, for the future. That's a nice suggestion. And, and yes, uh, to the owner side of this, the fact that you're looking at ways to make baseball more entertaining. So ultimately you'll get paid more. I'm okay with it. Minus the way you're just trying to dilute the playoffs, which just sucks, but um, whatever, I'll probably enjoy it when my 14th best team in baseball that I enjoy rooting for makes it that year and think they have a chance to actually win the world series when they have no chance, but at least they'll get to play a playoff game. Bert, Keep your head up, buddy. Always keeping my head up, Conor. We got optimism brewing over here. We, it's like the actual baseball talk is uh, has got the juju flowing today, so we're, uh, we're we're feeling good now. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, do everything you can to know when the baseball insiders comes on. Story time next week, and yes, just remember, baseball will be back at some point. Thanks for listening. Follow Robert Murray on Twitter. I follow yours truly at the Carm too. I, I really could use the followers. Thank you so much. He deserves more than he has. I'll tell you that, folks. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, buddy. We'll see you next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.